much. It's all perfect. We should yeah, be yeah, basically yeah. just it's, it's it's recording now. Yeah. Recording already. Yeah. Okay, I'm not even ready. Okay. Out there in life. Everyone, hello everyone. Here again. But I'm John Willens. Creative for uh, very finished problems. Forgot that it's been so long. How long is it since we've done this? I Eight. have no idea. Eight. Well, the months. summer's been here. The summer's been here, so we do have an excuse. This is the Very Finish Problems podcast with Joel Willens. Find us at facebook.com/slash/veryfinishproblems. For links to some of the things we discuss on the show and to learn how you can get new episodes directly to your smartphone, please visit veryfinishproblems.com. And today we have Thomas, as before, and we're also joined with... Perhaps you could introduce yourself, actually, because I always get names wrong. Okay. My name is Jonas Linkola. I'm a storyteller, content producer, mainly related to nature and doing my social media stuff from the Finnish outdoors. Forest man. Forest man. Absolutely. So how often do you spend of your life in the wilderness, do you think? As much as I can. So (laughs) probably it's about half of the whole year, but I've been a student for the seven past years. Actually, I just graduated like two months ago. So now I don't really know what's going to happen in the future. Now I don't have to go back to the school anymore. So Alto University, thank you. Never again. <laughs> Said with such glee. <laughs> and we're also joined with Thomas, Thomas Newberg. Yes, yes. Uh, who has never been to the forest, have you? Yeah, I have been to the forest, but I, I avoid staying there like overnight. I, I don't want to, I literally don't want to shit in the forest. So, you know. But but you came back alive. Yes, <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, I, I prefer uh, sailing. Good. Okay, cool. So this week... In honor of uh, Jonas uh, being our guest, we've got problem number 40 from 101 Very Fish Problems of Foreigners Guide to Surviving in Finland, of which, if we're talking about books, of which there is now a second, which is literally on the printing, is about to be printed as I speak, which is called, cue drum roll, uh... What is it called? More, even more very fish problems. The even more essential guide to surviving. All right. Boom, shut so, so how, how many of them are there? Like, it's a bit different, two. actually. And this one, this one's 100. There's only 72. Oh. There's 72, but they are longer. And it's a little bit of a different format. Do they have actual facts this time? They have actual <laughs> facts. They have real facts as well. Oh. So, yeah, it's a, they're longer. And there's also more visual element to it. So, um, yeah, just a thought I'd throw that in there. So get, get, your, get your, book, your book orders ready. But anyway, back to the present. Uh, yeah, so number 40 of the original, when everyone's seen the Northern Lights except you. I well, love this. Welcome to my world. <laughs> it's incredible. I have literally been in Finland now almost 14 years and I've still yet to see the Northern Lights. And one of the most frustrating things is when everyone's seeing it and like uh, everyone's posted it on Facebook and then you look out the window and it's like cloudy. You, know, so yeah. you, as I understand it, see them practically every other day. Is that fair? Practically every autumn and winter and spring, because in the summertime there is too much light, but they are still there. I mean, like we they just do, don't they, see. They are real. Then. The ionosphere doesn't go anywhere. The what? The ionosphere or oh, whatever. Right, okay. it's, whatever the reaction is from, you know, a cosmic you, rays or whatever. You go scientific. You're ruining magic. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> So, I like that. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to have some theory back in the background here. But. Yeah, so you go there. I mean, uh, so if, if, for example, I definitely wanted to see Northern Lights and get rid of my like 
the the and finally see the magic for real what would you what would you suggest I what would, would you suggest really... our listeners actually who are probably all desperate to see him as so, well my best advice is to go really up north when it's autumn because that's the time when they are most active uh -huh. even though most people think that they should be most active in the winter time but that's not true Ooh, and, and the autumn time is really nice time also because the nights are getting really dark uh -huh. and longer but still you have some leaves like the autumn colors foliage foliage what do you yeah, call yeah, it perfect and and it's like so magical but rarely seen that people actually travel north in the in the fall right okay and so um what would you consider to be because i mean you see the photos including yours mm. and they look, always look amazing and very spectacular do you think the real i mean they lives up to that does it live up to that sort of it depends like yeah. sometimes we have a really a party in the night time it's a disco when wow. they are like and how long having, does that last it can last from 10 minutes to almost like six hours oh, believe how is it even possible that i can live here for i'm just in the wrong place aren't i yeah. obviously so sometimes you only see some colors in the horizon yeah but that's that's probably the most basic one and and then as we get the a real storm called no Northern Light Storm. Uh -huh. You can actually have experience like a Corona uh, type of uh, phenomena. Uh -huh. And that'll be a really party disco light above your wow. head. It doesn't make any sense to try take pictures out of it because when you actually set up your camera and aim it towards north, then they are already south back you. And, uh, oh, right, it's just moving around They, like they can move like... like kilometers in one second no way wow that's crazy you make them sound even more appealing than i thought and make me feel even more distraught that i've <laughs> never ever seen them so thank you for that so in your time as uh i mean perhaps you could go into more detail about like you know what your lifestyle because um you know people who should check out your instagram it basically looks like your always in the wilderness canoeing or on the top of mountains or and is that a fair is that a fair description yeah that's my <laughs> outdoor brand like yeah. i love being outdoors and uh -huh. promoting the nature called nature and also cabin lifestyle uh -huh. in the fin finnish uh summer cottages so i'm really like branding myself as the outdoor guy uh -huh. with some social media skills right okay and so even if you weren't on Instagram or you weren't a social media man, would you be as outdoorsy as you currently are? For sure. I've always been outdoors, right, okay. but the social media um, came into my life only like three and a half years ago. Oh, okay. So in the beginning of 2015, I actually went on a road trip with four other Instagrammers who brainwashed me to proceed with it. Slapping you around yeah. with phones. They were just doing like <laughs> so cool things that I said that, hey, this is something that I would like to try also. Right, okay. And it was really natural for me because I had been on the stage as as a drummer in several bands. Uh -huh. So I, I was conf confident already being Hopefully. in front of 
everybody and being public. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but it's but it's on the internet, so so no, nobody nobody can can see you when you sit in your underpants renting like I do. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but I was I was going to say that you, for a minute there you sounded like you you were like promoting a, a pyramid scheme, but then I realized no, no, this is actually <laughs> no, this is actually is something real out, out there. You you go actually go and see, and you don't have to <laughs> sell Tupperware to your friends. Yeah, most of the times at nowadays, like it's it's me and my friends who are out there together or me and my family together that's how i was raised with my little brother and little sister and our parents took us to the forests and small adventures every now and then mm-hmm. so, so where did you grow up exactly i grew up in finland in the southern part town, smaller town called Järvenpää. okay and that was really like a nice and uh, safe place to grow grow in so we were pretty much uh hanging our hanging on our doing small adventures and hanging around with other friends doing the scouts. Uh-huh. So I participated the scouts for years. So that made me pretty skillful also to survive. Killing animals <laughs> and starting fires. And, that's that's yeah. about it. Like fighting with the bears. <laughs> it's strange because I'm also from the countryside. I don't know if you've ever no, been... No, you're from a little town. That's yeah, basically from a, okay, from a Finnish village. perspective. You're from a proper little town. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm from a village. And uh, I'm considered, I mean, my local football team is Ipswich Town and their nickname are the Tractor Boys. So that gives okay. a sense of like how, in, in UK terms, I'm considered to be very, from where I'm from, is, is the most rural, or one of the most rural parts of the UK. And I did all that shit. I grew up in forests. I built camps. I did, I sharpened sticks and I chopped down like trees and the, stuff. The last three trees. Yeah, I mean, I was totally into that. I mean, I, but, I mean, as so I'm what bro- do you do now here? Well, that's the okay. thing. This is, the weird thing i sort of i thought i mean I, i left the where my countryside village when i was 18 19 and went to london went to university there and i never actually went back to the countryside after mm. that they're saying that i lived in peru for a year which mm. is a very countryside like uh, an andean village but then i came back to helsinki and then i had a son and i was like okay well and then on a whim i went i moved to the i moved to the country i moved to sipple and i thought i could go back to being what it was like being in the countryside I didn't get into it. <laughs> I totally, I to- I totally agree. It. Like I, I got bored. Actually, I totally agree because also, like back in the days, being in the nature and doing an adventures, uh, it was more for the extreme people because all the gear they were more expensive and more more. Uh, let's say, not so good quality compared to nowadays. All the tents and sleeping bags they don't weigh anything now. So now it's become it's becoming like the folk thing to do. Everybody, it's popular. Yeah, the yeah. pop culture, including the nature. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean, but it's weird. Like people existed before Gore-Tex, and I, I I don't know how people survive, <laughs> and and you know this techni- technical underwear and stuff. Yeah, well, they just <laughs> well, carried you call it? Thing? Yeah, yeah, they had like furs and stuff, uh-huh. but they actually carried so much more. They they did not have the warm and lightweight stuff. So yeah, also a like the nightmare. Man. Can you imagine? Yeah. I can imagine Minus as well. 30. I mean, I'm more familiar with sailing, and uh, you, you, well, there, there there's sometimes summer in Finland, but there's always almost never summer like in the archipelago, like mm-hmm. properly. It almost never is warm. This year was a big exception, and. I have proper, you know, gear when I go out sailing and, 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 it, and it's, you know, fun. You can sit out there for, for six hours and you still don't feel miserable. But imagine doing doing that, like wearing like 
what, what do you call it? The oil, oiled, oiled, oil timey, oiled, oiled like pants. oiled pants, and you know a cotton shirt. I mean, it's horrible. Right, so people must. Have, I mean, people, people before. I mean, they, they must have really loved it, or they. Just, I had no choice. Honestly, like, see the pictures from the eighties. People uh -huh. were hiking mountains with jeans. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, yeah, I actually yeah, think yeah, that yeah, it, it's pretty authentic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. the blue jeans. They don't. Exist anymore? Off, <laughs> blue jeans and trainers, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a long socks. <laughs> yeah, that is that is hardcore. I mean, I suppose. I mean, people have always had an affinity with nature. I mean, I never. When I say about that, I was in the countryside. I mean, I used to my my house backed down to a little wood, so I never really. I, mean, I did go camping quite a lot. But I never went like, I don't know. I, I think it's like I get into it when I go out, but it's just being pushed out. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, th I think I'm going to be bored, but I always forget how wonderful and beautiful the nature is. Yeah. Do you get, how do you feel when, how do you feel you're in a city? Do you feel like bored and want to leave and go back to the woods? Well, I've got used to it because I was like in Helsinki area for seven years already. Uh -huh. And nowadays it's more like I'm coming for a holiday to Helsinki yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I'm going back to my home. Right. Okay to the nature yeah, yeah. or on the road. See, that's interesting. So I really love traveling and I've been very privileged to like all the continents on earth, but uh, I don't travel. I don't, I don't equate traveling necessarily with wilderness. Have you, you seen, I mean? have you seen the poles, Joel? North and South Pole? I haven't been, I've been, I've been to the very Southern tip of South America. So oh, that doesn't I've count. been to Argentina. Mm, sorry. Count. I've been to, so no, I haven't been to all the continents. Yeah, oh, sorry, Tom. Go on. <laughs> <It's> Antarctica. <laughs> but I have been to Ashwaya, which is like, yeah. Um, but, and that was weird. I mean, it depends where you go, doesn't it? I mean, some places are a lot more metropolitan, so you hang out in the city. Yeah. I mean, talk about South America. I mean, I went to Buenos Aires. It was a beautiful, like, very sort of amazingly architecturally beautiful city. But then you go to, like, the sort of the southern tip of, like, Chile, and it was all hiking, and it was amazing, and it was magical. But I think, I mean, when you travel, do you do you mix it up, or do you do you always go to do you always get somewhere and go right wilderness? Well, currently, I also do it for my profession. Right. Okay. So you have to as I as I produce content yeah. for other companies for their services or their products. So that kind of limits my options. If it's a Finnish outdoor company, then I'm most likely in Finland. Uh -huh. And then also like deciding if it's summertime, I have to actually switch my biological clock around because in the daytime, everything is too hot or too sweaty or too much, uh, too harsh light and switching the biological clock. So we actually f go from the evening to the morning uh -huh. and then also the location that, that would probably f uh, also support the message of the sponsor. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, we should probably should take us take us through that whole process. Actually, you don't have to go. You don't have oh, to yeah. mention names necessarily. But Let's like, go. so say for example, I don't know. I I'm a company <laughs> who sells hiking boots. All right. How how's that sound? <laughs> how would you? Uh, would you? I mean, typically you'd think. I mean, I, you know, we we as like Ink Tank. We have done influencer campaigns and very often the criteria for some of our companies are very, oh, we just want a picture of our, in this example, would be Indeed. boots in, yeah. the, in the picture, which, you know, it's sort of like, you can understand that, but it's not very subtle. Um, so how do you, how do you like marry that, your authenticity and product placement? Do you, or do you just do things differently? Or do you have different clients? Or do you have different mm. rules about how you, how you work? I mean, so, so as many times as I can, I would like, free hands for myself because uh -huh. then I can have then I can produce everything with my own voice yeah. and feel that it's me who is saying the message or delivering the message and doing the photographs or even the videos many times 
uh, it happens so that the client has a campaign. Uh-huh. So it's not like a long, long-term collaboration. Yeah, yeah. And in, in a campaign, they all already have some uh, some goals. Uh-huh. For example, we want to promote this boot pair of boots. Yeah. And then I'm just like scripting shortly my ideas that, hey, we need to have some challenge. We have to have some wow effect to stop people in their social media feeds and then maybe some informative uh, content as well. Uh-huh. And then we got to negotiate about the budget. And then I'm just taking the boots with me when I'm going again and then producing it as as I travel there. Okay, so and the end result of that uh, fictional example that could be, be, for, for example, uh, some sponsored Instagram posts uh-huh. with stories, and then delivering the pictures for the client as well, right, okay. or even writing a blog, uh-huh. giving giving the blog to the client. My blog is really small, and it's more like I like a my project diary, right? Okay, and then. In the blog, it might say that I did the whole project, uh-huh. or it might not say. Right, it. okay. Yeah, so basically, you do what we do, but you do it by actually living it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whereas we do it all in our heads. We, <laughs> we are we're total grifters when we add industry. That's the challenge of authenticity, even for me. Like, yeah. I've always said that if I'm able to stop during the production to to a moment that I can actually think about something else. Let's say that we are shooting a video for um, for eastern part of Finland, like a tourism board. Uh-huh. And during the whole production, we shoot maybe two hours of video, which and the end result is maybe one, one minute of video. Yeah. But it's really difficult to have fun while being out there. In case, or or if if we don't actually have in experience and have fun, it will show in the yeah, yeah, and yeah, in yeah. the video. It's really hard to fake yeah, anything yeah. in the video, even though everything is scripted. Yeah, it's yeah. really hard to fake enthusiasm when you haven't showered for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. Uh, speaking of civilization, I was going to ask, um, like, wh- what's your experience of uh, cell phone coverage in Finland? Where where does it stop when you go up north? Actually, nowadays it's all over the place. Really, but, but it's not 4G, yeah, of yeah. course. But you, you get like a ba- basic like phone phone signal, so you can yeah almost everywhere. Cool. Like in the really really northern parts, it might say no service, or in the in the fell areas. But I remember the times when we actually had to climb over some fell to have any coverage. But I mean, we cannot rely on them. No. Still, I I always have some kind of backup. For example downloaded map to the offline mode oh yeah but but you you, you have you're not so hardcore you have a satellite phone or something like that no no no, no. i've never seen a satellite phone it's quite okay. heavy aren't they? yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're sort of they're kind of bulky and, and expensive yeah. yeah 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 so that was just out of, of interest yeah because i've I noticed i've noticed the same out in the like 
like southwest southwestern archipelago i mean it's of course fairly dense for being like the so-called wilderness so yeah. you get 4g i can watch netflix almost every night yeah. Whoa, I mean, what relief yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no yeah so 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 it's this might be interesting to someone if, if you want to if you want to hike and still get a cell signal yeah like, you can like watch the good. netflix in the tent <laughs> there uh, you go there you get uh-huh. home from home oh i don't know about like maybe hiking because you, those batteries those are kind of bulky as well but if you have sun sun panels maybe yeah, yeah they know. work really well okay you're lugging right. solar panels through the forest yeah, you, so don't you, need, watch you, need, you don't need big ones but yeah yeah, yeah but, crazy, but solar right? panels that's smarter than batteries because yeah, those yeah, it's i did once years ago when we were doing a lot of stuff for nokia before they stopped doing phone we're now doing phones again we they we had loads of people used to, we used to, used to be banging on about the uh, oh we want a solar powered phone yes and so nokia were determined to prove that this really was not possible with modern smartphones so they actually put together a project where they had a bloke in the in Lapland actually and some bloke in Kenya and some bloke in they had people that know sunny parts of the places mm-hmm. around the world, and they had a prototype mobile phone with a solar panel and they had to we, oh, we did a, like a sort of campaign where it's basically a blog charting their progress and how well they could live with the solar panelled um smartphone and the answer was not very well yeah <laughs> so, I mean, so, really so the deal is if you want an actual smartphone i mean i'm not an expert on any of these things but a smartphone really like they always push the limits of what human battery technology can do mm. so and they i mean sometimes they fucking explode for no reason because i mean they really push the boundaries but a regular like really dumb phone yeah you well could these make were it, dumb phones as well they I were mean, dumb phones they okay. were, dumb, well, they were yeah, dumbish yeah. they weren't this was like they weren't like the they weren't well was it this this, like this decade or the past it was probably it would have been about maybe six seven years ago but they specifically had phones it wasn't like super duper like smart but it was like a sophisticated dumb phone. Oh, okay but but the point being like um you need to have a solar panel those um at, those attract like the heat the sun and yeah, batteries they don't like heat the so the panel the back of the phone has a solar panel and, and they were leaving them out the and sun. that's a, a really good way to probably get your battery to explode yeah i can see but, but i mean a solar power, power charger that well, that obviously works well there are backpacks you can get now aren't there solar powered backpacks mm-hmm. oh, there are backpacks that have solar panels that are meant to charge your phone i don't know how effective they are but get, get, obviously i didn't watch any netflix and i yeah. use really little uh smartphone in the nature so i don't yeah, kind yeah, of need any of these yeah, yeah, yeah. good for you i mean yeah, it's, yeah. it's always the, the better option so um getting back to the idea of like being in a place where you don't get any service what would be the most remote place you've been to because one another problem we are in here is something like uh when you get lost or we're in a forest where you can get lost and you die or something like that no, no, maybe maybe this, i would i would rephrase this question what's the most remote place you can recommend to someone who wants to try out like finished wilderness without dying without dying yeah so it's something well, relatively safe but really nice and quite desolate like a really safe place but still remote I would choose Lapland because I I still think that in all other parts of Finland you actually bump into some other people <laughs> trying to do the same thing. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm trying to be remote and on my own. And and for example, our maybe longest winter uh it's called backcountry skiing, like an adventure where where we don't have any re- ready-made track so oh, right, we, are, wow, we make the track so it's not about kilometers anymore it's just like hours and of yeah, course yeah. in the winter time we we don't have any sunlight so 
the that's fucking hardcore yeah, excuse well, my head, language head, headlamps <laughs> is more used than the smartphones but we did like uh five nights wow and you got like five kilometers or something probably even that I mean, probably, it was you, it was cold like we how slept far did in you the get, tent how far did you get in five nights probably i mean what's the sort we of, did like a circle oh, okay so it wasn't far with yeah. kilometers, yeah, yeah. but it was far with the time that yeah, actually absolutely. takes. I, mean, I think it must be really tiring to make tracks in the dark. I mean, the, the number the of stubs you avoided stumbling over, that must be pretty high. I don't even know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does that not get frustrating quite quickly, though? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst person to talk about this because my, as you'd expect, you know, Englishmen not renowned for their, their, their ice winter sports or forest survival skills but to me i'm crap even with a track so was that not did you get i mean does it not get like oh fuck this this is so tiring i just want to i mean no because we have to have so much water and food and good right, company okay. yeah so and you, of course the the actual weather might be extreme so we slept in the tent it was maybe negative 35 celsius degrees <laughs> and really it, you really this. you really think that is this fun anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you have like Northern Lights for six hours on the sky during yeah. the same night, it's it's worth it. Okay, yeah. so, so what what is worse, extreme cold or extreme heat? Extreme heat is a lot worse because you can always, ma you can manage to warm up yourself in, in the extreme cold. Just have yeah, yeah, proper gear, don't sweat. That's like mm -hmm. the rule number one, if you sweat, it will freeze on your skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the extreme hot, like we were yeah. in in Namibia in the desert, yeah, right, nice. like I nice, <laughs> there was this kind of uh, super strong wind uh -huh. blowing the ho uh, hot oh. sand oh. on top of us, oh, and nasty. it really burned the skin. Oh, so nasty. I had to I had to wear black jeans Ooh, in the middle oh, of oh, Namib Desert oh. to keep my feet wow. uh, in good condition. Wow, that sounds oh, like I mean, that's, that's, There's only so, so many times you can like loop Led Zeppelin's Kashmir in your head just to like stand that kind of like sand blowing in your face. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, but I don't know. It's, it's, and uh, when it's hot in how Finland, hot was it in the Namibian Desert, how hot was it? Probably 40, 40. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. But the me. wind made it like super bad because yeah, yeah, yeah. the the sand is really like boiling hot. Yeah, it's yeah, been it under walk. the sun the whole day and yeah, then it yeah, comes in walk. straight yeah, to your yeah. face. Man. And it's it's one of the th these things that I love about it. When it gets hot, pe people in Finland, they get naked. Yeah. And when it really gets hot somewhere out there, like yeah. in Africa, yeah, they, they just put more clothes and yeah, they find yeah, they don't want to get they also don't want to get skin cancer. I just actually I, this this um during my holiday actually got into an, uh, we had an interesting discussion with, with a friend and actually looked up uh, like people who are who aren't melanin challenged people mm. who are black um actually their um sun protection factor on their skin it's it's never higher than like like 10 or something yeah so so the people there's a lot of misconception about this actually and people don't even if you're like black you don't have that much protection for skin and if you're out in the yeah, like desert, you, totally yeah. yeah yeah 
And uh, so, yeah, I suppose you really call cover up, don't you? Yeah, well, you have I mean, yeah. Proper, proper clothing. Yeah, I mean, you see that from Northern Europeans, don't you? Who, yeah, as soon as the sun comes out, boom. But like, my mum lives in Andalusia, which like now, for example, it's probably about four. And like in Spanish, they never, ever, never, ever go out in the sun at all until about three or four in the afternoon. Yeah. It's just it's just very, very uncomfortable. Uh, and and one, one thing is also that when it's super hot, mm-hmm. you don't have any energy to yeah, yeah. do activities. Mm-hmm. Like we did long kayaking trip this summer. Uh-huh. We actually decided that we stayed stay still the whole day and start kayaking, paddling in the evening. That's and nice we, idea. we did it like actually. from the evening to the morning. All right, cool. It's also the most beautiful yeah, time. Yeah, I can imagine. And many people in Finland they always have the chance to only Uh, do activities in the daytime. Uh-huh. That's a shame because yeah, 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 it sucks. Yeah. I, I really like summer nights. It's yeah. like one of my favorite things in the world. Especially, we've had this like insane heat wave, like the beginning ap- apocalypse now here in here in Finland this summer. And everywhere, everywhere, it's everywhere. And I, I've, I haven't much enjoyed the heat during the day, and I never do. But it, but when when you have like pr- a proper like tropical over 20 de- 20 degrees celsius nights that's i like that because there's no direct sunlight it's yeah. just the 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 heat is, is sort of ambient yeah, yeah it's true. true i like uh, yeah i mean that's exactly i mean i like it when it's warm enough that you don't have to think it's like when i lived in peru actually it was just it was about 25 26 the whole time you never it, it, the weather stopped being an issue because you always knew that every day was gonna be like the same mm. so and the one day it rained whilst i was there everyone was absolutely miserable it's yeah. like it rained for one <laughs> but, i mean it's very The roads tend to mud, and like it's, like, you also, it's you not also, a comfortable place for rain. You, you explained about their houses, how they got moist and horrible. Yeah, I mean, their house, well, the thing about where I lived, it was like a small Andean village, a lot of like indigenous and stuff. And basically, their house, no one stays in the house because the houses are uncomfortable. I mean, they're not they're not built for comfort. No one hangs out. Everyone hangs out outside because it's sunny all the time. And mm. so, I mean, it's the same to an extent in Spain. Even my mom, like where she's, they've got like a nice place, but it's not good. It's not good in it when it's cold. Do you know what I mean? It's do they have AC? Cold. Yeah, they do, but it's like Spanish houses tend to be built to deal with heat. So mm. if it's wet and cold, yeah. then it's just miserable, actually. Yeah. Whereas like somewhere like here or like in the UK, you know, you have you have the old, that Danish concept of like hoogie or whatever, mm. the idea, like the cosy thing. Hoogie. Yeah. Yeah. Which the idea that Denmark has invented the we concept. We need a word like that in Yeah, Finland. well, everyone's got the, I mean, we have that. I mean, it's just cosy, isn't it? I mean, the fact they've just got, I mean, everyone has that. They just seem to have taken ownership of the concept and marketed it better than anyone else. But I mean, you know, sit in front of a fire Well, every country says so the man who's like branded f- like himself with Finland. <laughs> <laughs> How ironic, people! How ironic! But like, uh, yeah, the idea of being cozy in front of a fire when it's cold outside—I think anyone who lives in Northern Europe can can relate to that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is lovely. I love being warm. I love like being warm and not thinking about it. And it's weird now. So long. I mean, I was in. I was here for May. Uh, June, I was in Spain. Then I was being, being in the UK, and I'm come back here. And basically, I've now had four months of warmth, and it's going to be a killer. I mean, you're fine. You're going to Italy, aren't you? So, are they Northern Italy? It gets quite chilly, actually. Yeah, the, yeah. We can ski. You there. can ski there. You can ski there. It's got pretty good skiing. It's so, totally different country. Yeah, compared yeah, totally. to Southern Italy. Yeah, you're right. I was in, I was in like Sicily last they year. They even have like, their own language. Yeah, they do, and they also hate the South, don't they? Mm. Northern League. Yeah, they're quite fascist. Yeah, sweet. Not to ruin. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, that's a tourist attraction. Yeah, so so that I mean, you talk we talk about Finland, but you do a lot of other you talk a lot of other places. I often see, and it's interesting. I often see your stuff like Norway seems to crop up quite. Norway is my favorite. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I once went to I've been to Norway once, and it was when I was in Lapland. And what struck me, I don't know if how valid this is, but we were in Lapland in Finnish Lapland, 
And we crossed the border. And I like to characterize Finnish. I mean, if you characterize Finland, you could probably uh, tell me if I'm wrong here. But I always see it as like we drove from the south to the north, 14 hours, 14 hours of forest, Flats. nothing changed. Yes. The only thing that changed when we get to Lapland is there's smaller trees and Indeed. a few hills. And then you cross the border to Norway. It's like, it's boom, dramatic. Like, literally 15 meters across the border. I'm like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> and it's just like, how? I mean, I don't know if that's. It just seems like someone's like the Norwegians is trolling. The have, have you seen? Like, I, I suppose the fjords are south, but have you seen the fjords? No, I haven't. Oh. I only popped over the border. I was in there for about a day. I travelled around, and I remember we go to the shopping mall to buy. Like I went to buy like a hot dog. It was like twenty five euros or something. I was like, fuck <laughs> this. Like, go back across the border. But I was just really struck by how dramatically different the scenery was. Is it infinite? Is it Norwegian Lapland? I suppose Norwegian Lapland. Is they call it Lapland? Though? Yeah, well, yeah. Northern Norway. Right, Northern Norway. Is it not Lapland? Is it not a Lapland? That, is that, it that's Lapland? more like in Sweden. Right, okay, Sweden so Norwegian, Norwegians don't have Lapland. I don't actually know. <laughs> but it's still, I mean, is that is that a fair characterization of Norway? Because that your is. photos give the impression of being like, and if I got a sense of that. It's really photogenic. Yeah. But that that's also good for a Finnish uh explorer that we we find beautiful things from our country even though we don't have the mountains and fjords like like the what's the biggest um traveling media that just awarded finland as the best country to travel to it's like the it gets all the time doesn't it, get it that was getting, last year was it uh I don't know, a bit crap when it comes to. I don't know. Did, did, did they even mention the excellent a, cell reception? I don't we know. Actually have a, we actually have. We have a travel. Who's that? I've done some stuff with them actually. What are they called? Is it? That's the most on, popular in the whole world. I've got one. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, what's your? But it means that we've we've done the job pretty well, because it's it's a lot easier to brand some. Uh, country with mountains and fjords as the best mm -hmm. traveling location we have mosquitoes mm -hmm. we have swamps mm -hmm. and lakes and yes. that's about it forest but we did it still yeah matador I mean, network i've done stuff for was it them probably not they're quite big probably not no but, but they uh, also yeah they also big up finland a lot but i think also that's a good point i mean like, you know i think finland is beautiful but it's beautiful in one way. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, you, you need the, the the right like lenses to do uh, to shoot the but sky. But we have the general. summer cottage that's life, yes, and, and that's right. that's so unique mm. that it blows people's mind up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that as well. But, but I mean, how does, very, it, how does it differ from from Russia and Dutch or culture? Sweden? What about Swedish summer cottage? Is that there? Is, is, is it is it that unique? I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know at all. Like maybe but, we, maybe uh, maybe they have the same, but we just branded it. Yeah, okay, maybe. And it definitely is the case. I mean, it is a very unique lifestyle. I mean, I mean, for me, it's like I love the summer cottage as long as it's certain criteria: sunny, mm. warm. <laughs> and I mean, this last couple of weeks, I've just come back about three or four days ago, and I got right right into it. But then, what I find most bleak and depressing is summer cottage in the rain, basically. So it's like yeah, just, you basically want to stab your family. Yeah, it's, and that just uh, gets all very Lord of the Flies very quickly yes, when you're in a does. small cottage with family members. <laughs> or, there's only so many games of cards or backgammon you can play before you just want to poke each other's eyes out. So I mean, maybe that's just me, and I have a particularly noisy mm, family. No, it's not just you. So, but I mean, I think. Um, yeah, it is a unique and beautiful thing. I actually did it in the second book. Opportunity to do a quick pitch here. No, no, pitch is my podcast. I can say buy the book as well. So well, can I? But I actually wrote about it. I, did it. I was intrigued to know the history of summer cottages. And uh, I did a, I can't remember even what the problem is, but it was basically looking at the history of, of uh, the summer cottage movement. And it actually, a hundred years ago, it was, like, it was 
rich people's villas. It was Lonely Planet. It was only planet. in the 50s. It, it was what, sorry? Lonely Planet. It was Lonely Planet. <laughs> yeah. It? Okay, Lonely Planet. Yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, in the 50s, it wasn't until the 50s that um, Summer Cottage really took off. It was when, when, when people started, more people started moving to the cities and they weren't they were getting, they wanted to recreate their sort of like forest. And they had and, disposable uh, income. Yeah. And I mean, uh, yeah, I've... The, the industrial city was sort of a horror, horrible. horrific place to be in. Yeah, so. people wanted to be by the sea and stuff. But cool. So uh, putting aside, I mean, if you had to rank your your adventures in terms of, I mean, of course, every country has its unique beauty and wonderfulness. Mm. But I mean, if you had the choice of going anywhere in the world based upon your experiences so far, where would you where would you pick? Can I say of, a country that I have not that been? That doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> you could absolutely say anything you want. You could say a country that you have not been to and a country that you have been to. So <laughs> a country that I would love to go with with a really long time frame. Uh-huh. It would be Canada. Well, I've lived in Canada. Look at me, opportunity <laughs> for me to talk about myself. Yeah. <laughs> Vancouver is amazing. Yeah, yeah. But carry on. But I still have Norway is my favorite country and there is so much more to explore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Norway is pretty much, Norwegian people, they are similar yeah. to Finnish people. So we get along really okay. well. They just have the mountains and fjords and beaches that we don't have. But in Finland, as we have mosquitoes. And the oil money. Yeah, and the oil <laughs> money. And of course, it's expensive there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's expensive in terms if you eat out. Yeah, yeah. So you can really like do low budget traveling there as uh, well. But you just have to cook by yourself. Right. Okay. Mm. Yes. Yeah, speaking of oil money, just, I mean, this is a, good, a really good general knowledge thing to know. Back when they found the oil, was it in the 70s maybe? Um, they had this, uh, obviously when you find oil, you become a geopolitical mm, target. And they somehow managed to get in this like expert from, I want to say, Iran, who um, who set up the whole like f- fund, public fund system they have with the oil, with the state right. oil company, and it was really close to, relatively close to becoming this like, uh, well, situation where you have like foreign robber barons coming and, and taking the oil. Okay. So that was that's this. If you, if, you, if you haven't looked into it, this, it's it's worth doing. I'm gonna put a link in the show notes. This is a, some, something worth what, knowing what, about. What to do if you suddenly discover oil, oil. in your country? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you want to yeah, get a your own one. For Northern Lights, Finnish Lapland is the best, best in the world. Place. The best in the world. You heard it here first, everyone. Best in the world. So that's because. How many places can you see Northern Lights in? I mean, obviously, got in the north. So what can you see Northern Lights in Canada and places like that? Presumably, yes, of course. So anywhere in really south but they are southern lights then in the south point of New Zealand for example oh, right, okay. but the thing is that compared to Sweden and Norway yeah. in the Finnish Lapland there are so much less clouds oh really oh, that's interesting so that's the place to go so you can we can say without any bias yeah. that when it comes to northern lights Finland rocks the world in basically the, like I went to Lapland to spend a good holiday nine nights with my girlfriend this April, March, March, April, and we were hoping to witness the Northern Lights. We stayed up for nine nights, not a single. That's, that's welcome to my world. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. But me. it was my first time not seeing right, them. Right? Okay. What about hers? Has she seen them before? No. All right, so, so she presumably blamed you. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Thanks, <laughs> love it. You promised me Northern Lights. But we stayed at this glass igloo, so oh, it was really, really cool. comfortable. Was that a freebie? Anyways. Was that a free, free 
take pictures of my glass igloos and I will... I will it was a deal. It was a deal. <laughs> <laughs> and so your girlfriend presumably is a, a wilderness person. She's into... Or does she just let you go off and then you do your thing? And how does that work? Yeah, she's coming with me. She comes with you all the time. Yeah. Is she an Instagram? And I go with her. Oh, right, okay. Is she an Instagrammer as well? Or? No. No. Luckily. Okay, yeah. So you'd be clashing mm. over how many likes each, each photo you've got. <laughs> so you have a gang of like people who you go with and you're all, is that, is that, do you all have always the same people or what is it? Like, no, because like the Finnish Instagrammer um, network, it's, Pretty small, yeah. maybe like 30 to 50 people. Right, okay. But of course, it's also international. So this time when we were in Norway, we met like people from Germany, from United States. All right, cool. What you all, per, I would say you came together as a result of, a, was it like a, a project you were all doing together? We just came across. Oh, you just bumped into each yeah, other? Yeah, but we, we had like negotiated about the dates and right, the okay. places before. Okay, so you knew each other via Instagram yeah. and you were sort of like yeah. bringing up each other's photos. But it's really like uh, seeing a friend if yeah, you yeah, have yeah, been following this yeah, other yeah, guy yeah, for, yeah. let's say, two years and then commenting and asking things that yeah, yeah. having the discussion going on in in the social media and then you bump up to this guy and we, we went to sauna together straight away and it right, was a, cool. like a yeah, yeah, really... Friendly occasion. Yeah, yeah. Because I noticed that when I think we met doing a ping a couple of years ago, that was very, and you were hanging with like a posse of like everyone's Instagrammers. Yes. It looked like you like a gang, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the gang. It, was like, it, it is still the gang. Yeah, and I think it's cool. I don't think you get necessarily get that with like, okay, YouTubers have that as well to an extent. Um, I guess fashion I bloggers, it, they get yeah, that. Yeah, I suppose. Well, I mean, it's strange. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose bloggers to an extent as well. I always think bloggers are like poor relatives of YouTubers <laughs> and Instagrammers personally. But like, um, yeah, I, I think with, with Instagram, not even just all Instagrammers, but the, t the particular Instagram in like the wilderness thing. Yeah. I think by the very nature, I mean, I'm not, once again speculating, but I presume by the very nature of you sharing you know, adventures together, yeah. that probably brings you closer than if you're doing like, you know, like lifestyle lipstick blogger or do you know what I mean like yeah I get it belittling lifestyle lipstick um, Instagrammers or bloggers but I mean the sense of it you know your shared experiences are more intense I'd imagine yes we do the adventures are for us together and then the social media thing it's just like secondary, it, it's yeah. coming yeah. A, aside yeah so how would you if you were an aspiring photographer who wanted to join your gang <laughs> what, do you, what do you need to do send me a message like yeah. Have a have something in your mind, maybe a project or maybe yeah. a short adventure, even a cup of coffee is a small adventure sometimes. Yes, yeah, true. I mean, that's how I met a few guys last week. Uh -huh. And then it might happen or it might not. Right, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically the art of the deal. The art yeah. of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in a sense that like, I know a lot of it, there's a lot of sort of like mutual promotion, isn't it, that goes on. Like, Sometimes. I mean, in the sense of like, in the stories, I mean, like check out, I've met yeah. this new person, check out their pickies, they're really cool. So, I mean, is it the case that you're, I mean, clearly you are not, you're only going to big up people who would respect and admire their work. Mm -hmm. But I mean, how do you how do you come across that? Is that just just by really using Instagram? You just merely by being on Instagram and or do people Getting contact? Featured. Do you get people contacting you? Or? Yeah, I get a lot of contacts, maybe one one to ten every day. Really saying, what can you feature on my? Can you what what do they ask? I mean, what they they could ask like, can we go can somewhere? I be your friend? <laughs> <laughs> Would you marry me? <laughs> no, but like 
I, I would like to join your adventures. Right, and of cool. course, I'm not saying that, yes, you can, but I, I really don't know this guy. Maybe, exactly. Maybe, I mean, maybe, like, maybe I ask, okay, who who yeah, are you? Yeah, what, you know, I mean, <laughs> why, why do you want to join? Yes. I, mean, I've, I mean, to me, that'd be like, that would be a nightmare. The idea of some stranger coming with me through the forum. I mean, so I can see, I can, I mean, I like meeting people and I, I'm really into meeting new people, but I like it on my own terms. And the idea, because that's quite a lot of trust involved. But it's so, and it's so different because nature actually connects the different people. We are on the same level when, when we go out there together. Uh -huh. It doesn't matter if you earn much more money than right, me, okay, but so like in, in the city life, it's, it's more like, who, what's your status here? Yeah, yeah. Are we in the same group or should yeah, we yeah, be in yeah. the same group? Oh, man. When, when in nature, we all are at the same level. What's that and sound? Uh, assuming everyone can make a fire. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> or skin a bear. Should. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting you say that. It's interesting that you even consider Finnish society hierarchical because if you compare that to the UK, oh, it's one of the reasons I love Finland, like the classlessness of it. Nope, and the fact that, nope, 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 yeah, nope. There's no, no, no such no. thing as a classless okay, society. Well, more, I'll give you a typical conversation in London, in Soho, where I used to work. I would meet someone in a pub and this is absolutely the case and we'd be able to go, okay, well, you know, you know, it's my mate, blah, blah. Okay, what, what, you'd say your name and they'd go, uh, so what are you on then? And that means how much money do you earn? That's Second yeah, I mean, question of course, I mean, I can the, tell by someone how they speak. What, yeah, what Brits are insane, but basically, they can, no Brits, Brits can can tell from from the exact like accent, like how sure. on a, on, a, on a scale from like ten thousand pounds, how, how their parents made when they were ten, oh. and, and they had well, to be placed in a in the correct school. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you can tell people's class basically how they speak to an extent. I mean, like, I mean, it's, I mean that so that said, it is the extreme. Yes, it's yeah. the extreme. But I think course. Finland is like a lot more chill. Yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah. in the the most and in nature, yeah. The, the topics are like, hey, look at that rock, <laughs> looking pretty good, eh? Like, what a what a beautiful mountain yeah, here, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, this kind of. And then it gets more like, what did you do in your past? Or yeah, and yeah, then yeah. actually, it's not a chit chat anymore. We actually open to each other and listen to each other. Somebody can tell the whole history of the, of his or her life, and we're like just understanding and learning that, hey. We are different, but now this night we are have, sharing this campfire here. What would you like to eat? That's very beautiful, actually. Yeah, That's it's the best beautiful. part. Yeah, it's very, I'm always welling up. It's cynical <laughs> me. That's a really beautiful way of putting it. And uh, now I'm thinking, oh, fuck, I should go and live in the forest. <laughs> oh, you like already tried that. I'd be fucked you. after 15 minutes. I'd be on the phone going, help, help me. Someone Too get many me mosquitoes. Out. But in saying that, when I go to the summer cottage, I go very, very native, very, very quickly. So, I mean, I, like, I could get quite, quite into it, but I still do like... A little bit of home comforts. I mean, our summer cottage is in no, in no way luxurious, but I mean, he says like you know, running water and electricity. Mm. Are they saying that? I did when I was in Spain. I went glamping, which is probably something that you would never never ever do. It's glamour like, camping. Glamour. Glam, have you heard of this? Yeah, it's, it's like uh, cool. it's actually really cool. It's a fun. I mean, I used yeah. to go take camping a lot when I was a kid, but I've never ever had. A, I mean, the worst camping experience I've ever had was actually in the in the outback when I went to go and see Ayers Rock, and there were, there's one hotel there. It's like a million pounds a night. So he thought, fuck it, we'll go camping. Where there's like tiny little bubble tent that we bought in like Singapore or something and I, I woke up in the middle of the night and it was rain I thought it was raining but it was it was condensed sweat <laughs> so that was the worst I've had but this glamping was the best I've had okay it define was like, glamping please glamping is basically it's a big tent 
And it, well, it, the one I went to was in it was in uh, southern Spain. I can't remember exactly. It was on this beautiful mountainside, for quite quite rural and quite isolated. But it was run by an English woman, and uh, it's like going to an English bed and breakfast in a tent. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so you have a proper tent. It's a big uh, fuck bed. off tent. It's like a proper big like it's proper like a, it's a bit like a shakes tent. I imagine like you, know, you can like, also have electricity or a fireplace inside the tent. The most and, important thing was a proper bed for me. I had yeah. a proper like full on. It's basically yeah. I love them as I well. I loved it, yeah. I thought it'd be an antithesis to everything and you did. I, I think that Finland needs more of I'll that. I'll tell you what, you can rake it. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, That'll be Airbnb. Make a note of that, Thomas. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's a good business idea, isn't it? Yeah, glamping. Yeah, but I mean, it was, yeah, I had a fantastic sleep. I had all the benefits of camping. You know, the fresh air, the amazing stars, the sense of adventure, without the discomfort of laying on the floor. Okay, so, so how does... Booping <laughs> in your ear, how does... Stabbing your back. How does condensed sweat like... Condensed sweat as unpleasant as it sounds <laughs> and it wasn't even that I mean the thing about Australia is they they have the I mean everyone takes a piss out of their bugs and add poisonous animals but they're fucking hardcore I mean I've been to a place where I like in a it was actually this wasn't even a camping this was in like a some like hostel and I walked into the it wasn't me it was Ansco actually I heard this scream from the toilet and I walked in and there's like a toad as big as like a baby's head just like splatting on the wall they're just like it's just it just It's just so reeked with like, there's so much like nature in everything. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's such an alive place. And the the camping in the Ayers Rock, it was like the sweat and really loud bugs. I mean, it was just, you know, it was it was not nice. Uh, wait, wait for like climate change when the sun, when the southernmost part of Finland turns into a big swamp or something. A big swamp. Yeah. yeah that's I mean, going to be glorious. That's, that's, and then like the real poisonous uh, animals or in, insects really come here yep. because i mean the, the winter makes it hard to survive as an insect and and the winter to, to some extent kind of resets like bug life in finland i guess or sets higher requirements for it yeah sure So we've got that to look forward to. Indeed. <laughs> but, 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 we, we, but as I've said before, I mean, the world might turn, turn to shit, but we, we will probably get to watch before we die when like right-wing populists in the Nordic countries start to explain why we can't let Italians in here. You know, when, so when thank the, you for that really dark vision but, of yeah, the Probably, probably <laughs> they're, so they're, going to have, they're going to have like this a skull measurement, uh, like race theories again. Uh, yeah, because maybe. They, I, mean, yeah. I think we'll beat them. We'll, we will battle them down before. <laughs> I'm not going to live in a play. I mean, I know there's a lot of goose steppers everywhere, but let's work on the premise that we're, we're, there's more of us than them. That's the one sort of thing, reassuring thing, I think. But like, okay, so we don't die in a like a, a ap apocalyptic like firestorm. We're going to have like neo-Nazi goose steppers measure, be the measuring people's northern skulls. light storm <laughs> uh -huh. that'd be a good name for neo-nazi if they were to go but down I mean, if it's for a really big storm i think it was in the 17th or 18th century huh? the northern lights were seen all the way in the south europe no, i went mad and it? if we had any electricity those days here it would probably be broken oh, what, so it's, it goes so mad, it's a mad electrical storm yes So we need, that's another thing that could potentially go wrong. Absolutely. Add that to your list <laughs> of potential dark futures. Yeah. That'd be quite a spectacular that would not, way to go. To that go. would not kill anybody. Yeah, though. but it would just fuck Only a lot of things. Yeah. When, the, when the hospitals go down, you know, yeah. people are going to drive. And down. airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, and, actually. And ships. Oh, and ships And trains well. and so, cars. So yeah, it's a bit messy, to be fair, isn't it? <laughs> but hey, party people, we have about 50 minutes now. So, so should we start maybe perhaps wrapping this up? 
Yeah, on that happy note. <laughs> uh, so so we, we usually go out with um, some sort of like interesting recommendations because we're interesting people. We have stuff to, rec- to recommend. I usually recommend they podcasts, but uh, you, you probably have something, you, maybe something you've read, watched, or listened to during the past year or so. That in- Okay, so um, during adventures, I love listening to audiobooks. All right, cool. And I would, I would really recommend um, the subtle art of not giving a shit. Oh yeah, I've heard. That. It's also a physical book, but yeah. found it in audio bookstore as well. Uh, for people who would like to see the Northern Lights, Google auroraservice.eu. That's the place where to check out the forecasts. All right, we can. And you can actually like predict them maybe two nights ahead. Some, some Okay, so that is the problem. That is the solution to my years long That problem. helps you so much. Right. Okay. <laughs> that, okay that should, we should have had that on top of the show. But but hey, this is, this is a good, good fact, recommendation. It's also good because normally when we suggest it, no one, everyone totally blanks. So you're, if, I mean, I'm blanking, but I'm now finding it. Yeah, but I, I, can, I can give a recommendation while you... you I, I have something actually, but I can't remember the name. Go on, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, I just, I, I'm going to correct this in, in post if I'm wrong, but but it's it's called My Indian Life. It's a new podcast from the BBC when they where they talk about Indian culture from from young people's perspective. Because like India is, is a massive place they have shitloads of young people and they speak English. So you get, there's a, here's a chance to get. Do I take any credit for that? The fuck you. No. Fuck you and the horse you, oh, and the horse you rode in on. But no, <laughs> but, 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 but okay. So you in, in, in this post-colonial like, place where they uh, have, have a really interesting growing society with a lot of young people. And BBC is, is now producing this uh, podcast called My Indian Life. Uh, th- that probably will get quite interesting. Cool, and, uh, that sounds cool. And because we don't get a lot of looks into Asian cultures still here. Yeah, so that's, that's interesting. I mean, I have I have not been to India, but I sort of feel like I know India. And you have no shame, do you? <laughs> no, but in the sense that, like, uh, it's in we, your have blood. Some, we have certain cultural, like, we share certain cultural <laughs> vibes. <vibration. laughs> we do. We do <laughs> cricket. Yeah, okay. Uh, also, I have Indian friends. So, I mean, we, there's like, it doesn't feel, I mean, that's one of the, the disadvantages and advantages of being an Englishman <laughs> is that you can go to places that are very exotic, but mm-hmm. there are certain, they have. Like they have, there are things about them that you recognise. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, that's clearly the imperial past. So the, the sun never sets, does it? Well, <laughs> sadly, yeah, well, happily for everyone else, but sadly for us, it has now set quite dramatically. And, and it looks like he's sitting in fine style at the moment, thanks to the fucking idiocy so. of Brexit. Hey, I'm gonna, in, I'm gonna put in the show notes a link to, to a, a really fun article about how <laughs> Brexit is going to build like a Berlin Wall for food yeah. <laughs> if they don't get their shit together. This is like really good so, shit. So. All right, and and uh, tried to call me there. So if you just tried to call me there and I cut you off, sorry, that's because I'm a bit of a podcast. <laughs> but uh, I have a book. I have a book, and I strange. I haven't been reading much recently, but whilst I've been aware, I've got this brilliant. But the the men who stare at goats. Oh, have you this seen is that? brilliant. Have you read it? I, I've it's actually seen the movie. Yeah, it's a but, movie, but, uh, is it? yeah, and but the, I bet the book is like oh, it's brilliant. It's a, basically. Written by this bloke I'd never heard of, apparently he's massive, John Ronson. <laughs> and it's about the US Army and how they use like new age concepts 
to try and uh, improve their military. <laughs> it's like they had generals who were trying to walk through walls. And it totally, t- I mean, it was after the Vietnam War and the, the military was totally demoralized by the, you know, getting their spa- getting spanked. And so this bloke went on a tour of all these like new age in the, in the sort of 70s, these different new age sort of philosophies. And he brought so them back. So a wrote, weirdo version of MK Ultra. Yeah, and he, he basically brought back a guidebook and said, these are different things that you should try. And it's just incredible. I mean, like they had people who, they had a compound in Fort, was it Fort Bragg, full of goats. Mm-hmm. And they employed these like people who were meant to be psychic. And the aim was to try and, they would stare at these goats for hours trying to make their hearts stop. <laughs> <laughs> and the name of the project was something like Project Jedi Warrior or something. <laughs> and I was reading, I was like, this cannot be true. It's got to be bullshit. So but was it was just, true. It's true. I was fact-checking oh. on, on like, you know, to all the people he mentioned. So it's a brilliant, and the bloke's, a, he's a brilliant writer. And I was quite jealous, actually. I mean, I, I mean I've written fiction, I've written non-fiction, and I find fiction is a lot more challenging. But non-fiction done well is really well. He's a, he's a great, he's a really, really good writer. He just, the, the, the tone of voice and the way he's like, he's investigating what they're talking what they're doing and he get, there's a, the way he writes about it you get a sense of like you know he's just he can't believe that this is happening but uh, yeah I thoroughly recommend that as a as my go to and, and if you don't read I mean the, the movie version is, is what's the movie is like hilarious I mean, is it basically just char- is it how does, how does he make that into a movie it's an adventure where they where uh, I want to say Someone is it Evan McGregor maybe? Oh, right, and yeah, yeah. Uh, what's this like this uh, uh, one of these? Uh, okay, Kevin Spacey uh, has a small role, uh, which uh, he does pretty well. Well, what's what's his face? It's like so. He, gray, Hugh gray. McGregor plays the main character. Who's he playing? Which is he? I need to look at it. I need to minister goats. Oh, yeah, it's a film too quite new. Minister, a hilarious movie with many quotable lines yeah, and yeah, excellent but the acting cast. by the entire cast. It is. Uh, George Clooney, George Hugh Clooney, McGregor, Jeff Bridges, Kevin Spacey, Stephen. I got a very star-studded cast of great actors. Actually, yeah, it's a, yeah. And George Clooney, he, you either like his like his style of doing comedy or you don't. But it's it's kind of a little bit like Hunter S. Thompson. Like, All right, wicked. Uh, yeah, it's a bit. It's very much a Hunter S. Thompson vibe, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's the book. So yeah, it's strong recommendation here. Okay, cool. All right, fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure to learn about your adventures. And uh, yeah, I hope everyone's enjoying it. We've been really crap on the podcast, but now we're going to try and pump out at least two, no, don't, two, no promises. two a month oh, at least. God. You heard it oh, here God. first. Oh, so two a month at the very least, ideally. You probably won't hear for us for another six months. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for joining us and see you in a couple of weeks. Um, thank you. Yes, hopefully. And goodbye. Well, thank boy, you. Boy. What? Hey, no, no, no. What's your Instagram, Nick? Oh yeah, of course. Your handle Instagram. That in, didn't we? We put in the notes. You, you'll anyway. find it with Jonas Linkola. Jonas Linkola. Perfect. Okay, well, cool. now actually, bye. Moi moi. You've been listening to the Very Finnish Problems podcast. Please send any feedback to veryfinishproblems@inktank.fi. This program is published by Inktank Media and produced by Thomas Newberry. Inktank Media is a digital marketing and communications agency which specializes in copywriting, storytelling and social media. Find out more on our website inktankmedia.fi. While this podcast isn't an advertisement, we do occasionally interview representatives of companies we have a business relationship with. Thanks again for listening.